Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. I'm CJ Hawk, joined by DJ Benny the Bull. Hey guys, welcome to episode three. Excited to get into a multitude of different topics, uh, our usual Chicago teams, as well as other sports, including gymnastics. And I think we both have come to agreement or a thought so far that we focus on the Chicago sports mainly, but we've also talked about um, teams outside of Chicago. So it's really just what we're into, I guess, during the episode. Yeah. And also we've done tennis as well as soccer. Golf? <laughs> really put soccer into the other sports yeah. really not it's really in the family since we right, do right. go over you know the fire to a lesser extent <laughs> to the red stars um other than that yeah some of our favorite chicago well, teams don't get up out of your couch because we have explosive extreme story to start off this episode ready to rant uh maybe but yeah, we'll see in case you do not know, there's the big cheating scandal with the Houston Astros baseball club. Dun, dun, dun. And it originated in 2017 because allegedly in 2017, the Houston Astros set up a TV monitor, a camera monitor at their home park, so Minute Maid Park, but in the outfield, so people in the clubhouse could watch like for signs watch things that are cheating and they got caught because Mike Fires, who used to pitch for them came out and talked to ESPN or one of those publications and told them that they had cheated and this was explosive because some people thought he's full of it he's just angry because he's not on the Astros but Rob Manfred the commissioner of the baseball decided to do a big investigation it's been going on for months, and they found clear evidence and points that the Astros had indeed cheated. And on Monday, so two days ago, Jim Crane, the owner of the Houston Astros, once he received the punishments because A.J. Hinch, the manager, got a one-year suspension from baseball, and um, Jeff, Jeff Lunau, the GM, got a one-year suspension so Jim Crane decided to not wait, not hold it, and say, we'll need more info, more. He decided immediately. So he immediately fired AJ Hitz, immediately fired Jeff Lunau, less than one hour from the ruling. So basically it's a Donald Trump kind of, you're fired moment. They were fired right away. <laughs> Apprentice. And um, they were gone. So the Astros have to also have been hurt by their draft picks have been taken away. So first round, second round draft picks for a couple years, I think it's two years, are taken away. So they don't have those draft picks anymore. And there's talk by some people in the industry who have said, for example, Stephen A. Smith, the ESPN mm -hmm. commentator, he's came out on the side that the Astros should have the World Series immediately stripped away from them. So they're no longer the 2017 World Series champions. But then there's some who said that's too extreme. Leave them as the World Series champions and just deal with the suspensions they've had and the firings. But 
This story itself sounds really extreme, but wait, there's more. The Boston Red Sox, New they're involved in a cheating thing too because Alex dun, Cora, dun, dun. who was named in the MLB investigation as the ringleader of the cheating scandal, he came up with like the idea. He was like heavily involved. He's He was the Boston Red Sox manager in 2018, and evidence shows that the Red Sox had cheated in 2018 and the Astros 2017. So Alex Cora took his cheating in Houston and w- drove to Boston and cheated there too. Come on, Evan, Southern and New England. Evan shows there. And just like where um, AJ Hintz and Jeff Lunau were immediately fired, the owner of the Red Sox, who so I do not remember his name at the top of my head, but he basically less than 30 minutes after the report came out about Alex Cora being heavily named yesterday, he just he and Alex Cora came to a mutually um, departure. So they mutually agreed, it's best if I go. But that's complete BS. There's no there's no such thing as like a mutually firing. Like no one says exactly. I agree to be fired. Like that's not how it works. Right. Obviously not a one person. Obviously he didn't want to leave, lose millions of dollars and leave the Boston Red Sox. But that sounds a lot cooler though than like he was fired. It sounds right. cooler, like a mutually beneficial firing. Right, right. <laughs> and so he was he was fired. And then more, even more information this Wednesday. So today, um, Carlos Beltran, he is the ma- new manager of the New York Mets who are involved. Trending yesterday. Yeah. The Mets are involved in like drama every day. And Carlos Beltran was the only player named in the report of the Houston Astros cheating. And they named him as a ringleader, someone involved in the cheating scandal. No bueno. So Carlos Beltran probably is going to have to pack his bags in New York City and leave because he's going to be fired most likely today or soon. And DJ Benny Bowles looking at an article now. Has he been fired yet? Not quite. Not quite yet. As of eight hours ago, three hours ago. Because I feel like he'll be fired, but... I'm not sure the evidence points as strongly to his removal as the Hold on. New York Post uh, says, yeah, because Texera says that the Mets must fire Carlos. Yeah, they must fire after the scandal. Although looking further down to two hours ago, rumors that he is still. Oh. Still a question that uh, will he they don't know. step down due to I feel like he will scandal. he will be fired, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Mainly not, because not quite. it looks bad because just before that shortly, he went on the news and basically said that he was not involved in the cheating scandal. He didn't know anything about it. So now it looks bad that he didn't know what he's named heavily in the, the report, so that's not good. Right. So it, it's hard to know if he told the New York Mets he had cheated or he was involved or not, but I mean, it's hard to know. So right. we'll have who to knows, see. But who knows what goes down? That's kind of BTS. That's pretty bad though, because that they just hired him like not that long ago, and he's got, aren't gonna have to leave. Let's find a new yeah. coach right away. Yeah. But big that's blow. big blow. Big blow. Yeah. Messed up for all the his uh, players. But the one thing for the Mets that's good is that they did not cheat. They weren't caught in the cheating scandal. So his firing. We'll just be him. He's fired. They're not going to get any penalties or anything for hiring him or anything. But the thing that's uh, 
I think it was the Newark Mets. Yeah, it's Newark Mets because they hired Beltron and their old manager, Mickey Calloway, they're still paying his contract even though he's fired. And then the manager before that, I think they're still paying his. So they're still going to be paying like, or no, it was Mickey Calloway, Beltron, and they're going to have to pay a new manager if he's fired. So that's basically the rumors on the Houston Astros, Boston Red Sox, and New York Mets, and what the fallout could be. And DJ Benny the Bull, he voted on a poll that I put out. That I on the poll I yes, said, should the Houston Astros be stripped of the 2017 World Series title? And we had 10 people vote on the poll. The results. 70% of the voters said yes. Only. That 70% said they'd be stripped of the World Series title. Mm. And 30% said no. Got some Astros fans on huh? So that means 70% said yes. Or 7 said yes. 3 said no. But or I do have some Astros fans. They might not have some uh, some ethics. My friend. That's another thing. <laughs> my friend. Um, <laughs> Kayla's a huge fan of the Houston Astros. She loves him. Ah, uh, so but, he had to vote for the other side. Yeah, she, she voted for him. But uh, she, she, um, let's see. I don't know who else, though. But I mean, maybe not. It depends on emotional. Like, if you're a big true. Houston Astros fan, do you say, mm-hmm. remove it, remove it? Or you're like, no matter no. what. Yeah. I feel like if it was a team that I loved, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I would say remove it. Like, let's say the Chicago Bulls got trouble and said, remove their last um, NBA championship. Where I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or would I be like, 98. No. Yeah, I'd probably say no. Yeah. Honestly. I see that, yeah. But it was like the Patriots, they'd say, sure, sure, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> There's a bunch of haters. For <laughs> <laughs> <And> myself. That's <laughs> just a team, not, not necessarily the players. Yeah. But <laughs> not, no players. In we'll have to get my friend Eric Clymer on the show sometime because he's a diehard Patriots fan. <laughs> so he can come right. to their defense. I'll, I'll just leave. No comment. So and then we'll get, so, so then we'll get my no friend. Debates. We'll get my friend. Um, He's going to throw a lot of stats at me. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is why. They're good. And then we'll get my Not friend. this year. We'll get Dimitri. My friend Dimitri on because he's a Patriots hater. So get them on in a debate. Yeah, two against one. Big that debate. Work. That'd be interesting. Yeah. In terms of a uh, good debate, you know, having that. I wonder what happened. <laughs> uh, who knows what would happen. That's probably one of the most explosive ones we've had. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's basically all we know about the Houston Astros and the Red Sox and the Mets currently, but we'll get more updates in the upcoming episodes. And we want to talk about some upcoming things. We're going to talk about gymnastics, soccer, Blackhawks, Bulls, Red Stars, uh, NFL Championship Playoff. More specifically, the upcoming NWSL College Draft, which is this Thursday. Right. And we're going to have a special guest upcoming shortly, my sister, Erin. She's a big gymnastics expert, knows a lot about gymnastics. She's going to talk about Allie Raisman leaving, not going to Tokyo 2020, and And more. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And we're back. And we're joined by a very special guest, my sister, Erin, who's a gymnastics expert. Oh. She knows about gymnastics. She's done gymnastics. She was taught at the Champions Academy of Morgan <laughs> Hill by famed Chinese Olympian Jing Jing. 
Wow. How was that experience? Well, I was like three to seven years old, so it was a long time ago. Um, I, yeah, he wasn't really the main part of my gymnastics career. However, he was probably the most intense coach. Right. Um, I, I don't know. Most of my gymnastics was not that intense. I was never that good at the sport. However, I did it for a long time. <laughs> Right, because you were at the Champions Academy, and then you went to the one in San Jose. Um, like, I I went to two in Morgan yeah, Hill, Morgan Hill. Then I went to um one in San Jose, another in San Jose, another in Morgan Hill. I really just jumped around a lot. Over, California, yeah, yeah. And then we moved, and then it was other gyms. Yeah. Then she went to TriStar Gym yeah. in Forest Park, Famous. Illinois. Famous. I got taught by Chris. That that's not the best coach, David. Oh, David okay. Both good. Favorite. Both good. Okay. Taught by many coaches. Just good enough. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> many good coaches. Sure. And uh, Aaron has done. Let's see. What's your favorite gymnastics event? Um, my favorite was bars because, well, it was like the most painful, but it went pretty fast and you felt like you were kind of flying and you would also feel really strong while you were doing it because you're throwing your body around. So. Right. Going in circles. Yep. And for people who don't know, what are the differences between, what events do the men do and what do the women do? The women do floor, uneven bars, vault, and balance beam. And the men do floor, vault, um, single high bar, parallel bars, pommel horse, and rings. Right. Also, plot twist. When I was young, (laughs) I did gymnastics. And I also was taught by Jinjing, the Chinese Olympian. Oh, yes. But how was it for you? Uh, it was alright, but their level of like um, endurance or what they want you to do is a little different than extreme. More extreme than I was expecting. Their Too goal was to get you, Break you to the Olympics. Their yeah. goal wasn't that's for cool. you to have a fun time. But then, oh, that's cool. but then I got too big. Like, this supposed but, to be part of it. Come on. Yeah. I'm too big to be a, gym, a gymnast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into uh, Ellie Raisman's letter on that, and she did say about like. Dark times and also like what it oh, is really all about. That's so. correct. Ali Raisman, the how many what she win? Bronze? She's won a couple, right? I, I multiple multiple medals. medals. This all go to me. Multiple <laughs> multiple medals. Yeah, she's definitely led the team uh last two Olympics to gold. So. Multiple medals. She as captain of the of the Fierce Five. Oh yeah. She decided to um not do the Tokyo twenty twenty Olympics. But her reasons are very valid. She's still dealing with the aftermath of the doctor scandal, doctor, the evil doctor mm-hmm. that we don't have to mention. Who he could be made into a documentary, probably most likely. It already was. It already was. See, I was close. I yeah, right. It was. Yeah, I thought so. How was it? It made me cry. Oh man! It probably made me cry too. Seriously, it sounded it sounded like a documentary title. As a big fan of like in terms of Olympic sports, like gymnastics, like that just. Complete yeah. opposite of what you expect. That's it. That's just unacceptable. Unacceptable, totally. Times three thousand. And 
Who's your favorite gymnast that you met? Because you met some celebrity oh, gymnasts. Oh, I have. I've met Allie Raisman. Oh, awesome. And Carrie Strug, who, you know, took the... I don't remember. It was in the 80s or the 90s. Yeah. Took the team to gold. You know, she was great. Um, I've met... Um, I think her first name is Natalia Yurchenko, made the Yurchenko vault, you know, the vault that everyone uses now. Um, I don't know. I've met other people. I can't think of who else. How did did all these uh, meetings happen? Well, I, Carrie Strug was because I went to the Olympic trials for gymnastics, not to compete, to watch. And, um, no. um <laughs> that they don't teach. <laughs> so she was there and I met her and then Allie Raisman was doing, um, like a partnership with Pandora, the jewelry company. Ooh, right. So she had like a meetup and I met her there. Ooh. And um, Yurchenko was at a meet I went to, so I met her there. Wow, they just happened to be hanging out. <laughs> yep. There. That's cool. There. Well, thank you for coming on to the Bull and Hawk Sports Show to talk about your experiences in gymnastics, some interesting gymnastics trivia that I did not know. And also that we didn't know about CJ himself. No, oh, yeah. I don't think most people know that. That's a deep, deep secret. Deep in the archives. Deeply hey, put away. Definitely mm-hmm. a future history from the back pages. I'm, per- I'm usually open book, but there's some stuff. And you want to push that one down. Hide that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> and we'd be glad to have you on a future time talking about a different topic. Oh, okay. Whether still gymnastics or other sports. Yeah. Just in, get your insight. Great. All right. Goodbye. Oh, thank you. And we're back. We just had an yes, excellent conversation with my sister Erin talking about gymnastics. Now we're going to talk about the main sports team that we discuss on this program, the Chicago Bulls. Yes, and... Sir. They have played at least two games since we've last talked about them. They played the Detroit Pistons on Saturday. And then they played the Boston Celtics on Monday. And spoiler alert, they only won 50% of them. So one out of two. They beat the Pistons, lost to the Celtics. And one Chicago Bull... Had an unbelievably great game on the Detroit Pistons, which is Luke Cornett, who the Bulls signed from the Newark Knicks earlier this year at the beginning of the season. But he started out with big minutes, but then he's played less and less and less minutes the past games. So Luke Cornett's been a non-factor for most of the games, but... They brought him to have big minutes against the Detroit Pistons. And Lou Cornette finished the night with 6 of 13 free field goals, 3 for 9 from 3. And he finished with a total of 15 points. Definitely his best game of the season so far. I would definitely say that. And some other stats, because we love stats on the Bullet Hawk Sports Program. Zach Levine finished with 25 points. Um, and then 
Two other bowls as well. Lori Markin at 14, Jalen Gafford at 14. They were the big four stars of the night. Our prediction, Gafford stepping up. That was our prediction prior to this game. Getting chosen to and also putting up those and buckets. We had the right prediction because we predicted that he was going to start. And he did indeed start. With Tomas Sadoransky, Zach Levine, and then Chris Dunn at small forward, Louis Markin at power forward, and Young Cafford at center. He started. And it's been interesting because I feel like without Wendell Carr Jr., there's going to be a drop-off of play. But Daniel Gafford is really good on defense. And one thing I've liked about him so far is that he's taken a initiative at scoring in the paint. He's not trying to be like a free-point maestro or a um, long-range machine. Because like how, how Zach can be. Yeah, Zach Levine's a long range shooter and Dunker too. Dunker. Well, and the Bulls have a number of people who shoot a lot of threes. For example, Chris Dunn, Lori Markinen, Zach Levine, Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett's basically a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. He's like a Ryan Anderson, a Kyle Korver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Former th- Bulls, too. That's what his style plays. Three-point machine. And not really doing anything else on the scoreboard besides rebounding. But rebounding is valuable, too. So three points and rebounds. And they won. So they swept the season series against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, and on the Pistons, D-Rose had a good game. Really Had a really good game. He basically led the charge for... Detroit and Detroit. And how many points did he put up? I believe he did uh, close to 30. Yeah, I think so. Or he had one? No, it's kidding. He was close to 30, I think. Yeah, I believe it was definitely tr- close to 30, 26. Yeah, I, I believe it was close to 30. Yeah, so that comes to surprise as those who, for those who have not seen him in a while, although that's. Not a surprise to us as we know that he's no. worked hard to get back to the game and he has been back and uh, he worked hard and look at the results right here that basically by default carrying the team is the is captaining the, the Pistons. So showing glimpses of how he was in the Bulls when the Bulls were correct on, in the playoffs. So which has been not in a while. Yeah. Bulls have not been in the playoffs in a number of years. Yep, in a number of years since. I don't think they've made the last it. decade. Yeah. They made it this decade, or in the uh, last decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now it's the next. But they haven't made it since like um, Dwayne Wade was on the team. Yeah, which is a couple years ago. Which means when Jimmy Butler. Yep. Jimmy G. Ray, Ray John Rondo was on the team. Rajon Rondo was also that was a on weird. The team. Oh, that was an old team. And yeah, also with uh, Paul, Paul Gasol. Oh yeah, he's good. He's a good player. Yeah, I love him. Well, then after Saturday's game, the Bulls played the Boston Celtics, who are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Way better than the Bulls. They were um, DJ Ben the Bull and I checked them their schedule or standings out earlier, and the Boston Celtics are in second place. Correct. I think they are second-place in Eastern Conference. Well, Correct. 
They had a good game against the Bulls. Jason Tatum had a good game. He had 24 points, good rebound and good assists. Jalen Brown had a good game. Um, Ben's favorite player, Ennis Cantor, he had a pretty good game, pretty good game. And Gordon Hayward only scored eight points. Our boy. But he did great on rebounding assists with basically almost a triple-double if he had scored evenly throughout. But he didn't reach 10, so not double-double either, but almost. And DJ Benny Bull is pulling up the Celtic stats right now so he can wow us with his intellect. Yeah, right now Boston Celtics are doing really well. They are doing well. As a uh, apparent second-placer in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they've 27-11 is their record. And the Bulls are 14-27. and 27, Slight right? improvement. 14, yeah, enough we have one. To, enough to uh, cross over like a vetted Last place. Of last. Oh, <laughs> we, we've been a little far from the last place already. True. Although uh, it's enough to pass the Pistons. Pistons. Correct, because we both are now 14-27, but we swept the Pistons 4-0, so we have the tiebreaker against the Pistons. Yeah. So we're better. That's how That's how uh, passionate CJ feels that, that uh, little the Pistons, part of in his voice. Yeah. The Pistons yeah. wish they were good, as good as us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't make fun of him. He's only meaning well. <laughs> meaning well. And yeah. they play tonight. They play the Wizards tonight, I believe. They watch the Bulls play the Wizards tonight. I think it's in DC. I think Ben's check quoting me. Sure, Ben's quoting that, that is maybe it's in Chicago. I'm not sure. Uh, it doesn't. I thought they're playing the Pistons. Maybe it's wrong. It's a different week, though. Yeah. Maybe it's wrong. Sorry. Uh, give me a second. I might have been wrong. I thought it was the Wizards. Probably not yet. Maybe they don't play today. I don't know. This week. Maybe. Oh, are you talking about just Boston or No, I was talking about the, the Bulls. The Bulls. Oh yeah, the Bulls not yet. I thought they played the Wizards. Well They do. It says Wizards at Bulls tonight. Seven PM. Oh oh yeah, they're at the UC. There you go. Yeah. It's interesting when we play the Washington Wizards because we have a number of players who used to be on the Wizards. Otto Porter Jr. Tomas Sadaransky. They both used to be on the Wizards, and Jordan, part owner. Michael Jordan, yeah, he's part majority owner. <laughs> I don't know if he's the owner of the Hornets. Oh, uh, oh, that's just being me mixed mixing. Yeah, up. he's Hornets. a former Wizard. As yeah, well. former Wizard, right? Fun fact from 03. Yep, and so the Bulls, we both predicted, and we both are staying by our predictions that the Bulls will beat the Wizards. One twenty to one fifteen, because the wizards the wizards are explosively offensively, but defense they're not so explosive. So I think the Bulls might be able to score a little bit more, but the Wizards will keep it close, I believe. So will they win? I think so. So I'm going with Bulls one twenty one fifteen win. Otto Porter magically appears. He's hurt, so he's not coming. Oh, I mean if. We're both, pre- miracles we're both predicting be sticking, that um, to his old team. <laughs> Tomas Sadoransky has a big night. He comes out against his old team, scores a lot of points. And we also think that 
Felicio, our favorite player, he's going to start and score 40 points, 10 rebounds, Bold five assists, and he's going to be so good that they'll immediately start him in the starting line. That was today's. That's today's. Bulls, bold big, prediction. Huge, unbelievably unrealistic and prediction. Enormous so prediction. You saw CJ. it here first. Cristiano Felicio yeah. comes out. At least you heard it. Yeah. Okay. He comes out and destroys the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. It's not. I mean, it's not impossible. He's, he's uh, about while he was away doing some, some training. In case you did not see, but he's huge news. Cristiano Felicio played his first two minutes of the year against the Celtics. So he officially has played two minutes. So that means that they're willing to play him. So he could start against the, the Wizards. <laughs> Big mitts. All right. I'll oh, be a little uh, more disappointed. <laughs> I'll be more embarrassed if it was, well, disappointed if it was as usual in the fourth quarter that that happened. Oh, they blow up. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even see him in the highlights. So. No, we watched when, the, we watched the highlights before when we started. He in, yeah, when he checked in, and he was in there some somewhere, but we don't know. Yeah, we, gotta we don't do know where some, he is. Uh, some some of our deep cuts. Yeah, I'm probably not dark web deep. That's no, not dark web. <laughs> we'll have to dive a little deep, uh, such as going into the NBA league pass to. No oh, man, to purchase that game to we see don't, what we he don't came need to see. Felicio. He didn't even make the <laughs> statue. Sure. He didn't make the statue. So we don't need to see him. That's just the way to do it. <laughs> Well, yeah, so back to the game with Boston. Sadoransky was not good. Not good. I don't, I don't As he's, he's third in, uh, yeah. in points with 12. And then, actually, take that back. Gafford was third in that category, and Sadoransky was, was second. Who was so, first? Levine? Yep, Levine with the almighty 30. What about... Um, Marketing and Marketing and Dunn tied oh, with nine. nine points a piece. So. What about um Shaq Harrison? Was he balling out? So Harrison No. He <laughs> is not You're listening. Boy, just a just a point. Just a point. That's not balling yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Just a point. He probably only played a couple minutes. Yeah. Valentine with, with five. I wrote, Kobe White with six. I read a um, Thaddeus Young. Actually, he has yep, has an argument for second place. Thaddeus Young put up seventeen. So I read a article on the NBC Sports Chicago talking about how Denzel Valentine must be traded, which I agree because I like him as a first player, but he's way down there on the depth chart. He's not mm-hmm. playing really at all, so there's not really any point. So they try to trade him if. It's available. Although, uh, Thad Young before Valentine, though. Right. Right. Even though he's done, he's some improvement. Well, I said Denzel Valentine, right? You, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Valentine, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you said Young. I was like, no, it's oh, oh, I remember way back when you said uh, Young yeah. should be, is tradable for, uh, I think so. a little bit more than with Valentine. I think maybe we could trade Young and Valentine both. Oh, now, now you want Valentine count. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. He's not playing. We're a month away from Valentine's Day. He's not playing eight minutes. <laughs> oh, he could, he could be, I was going to say he could be traded on Valentine's Day, but I don't remember where the NBA trade deadline is. Valentine's Day, too. I think it's before Valentine's Day. Or will he get a choice, gets no trade, and 
gets to decide the decision. No, that's, 3.0. I don't believe that. No. Yeah, he goes on ESPN. It's like I decided. Look, you know, I decided to take my superstar. I think I've decided to take my talents to the Warriors. <laughs> take my talents to <laughs> Golden State to West to the West Side. <laughs> oh yeah. I decided to take my towns to Hollywood, no. the Windy City Bulls. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no. that, let's not put down our, our no, no. team. Let's not do it. That's that's where uh, the almighty Wendell Carter Jr. originated. So oh. don't ever talk about him in that light. <laughs> you Ooh. mess with the Windy City Bulls. You mess with WCL. With you. you mess with Ben. The Bull. <laughs> no, I'm 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 talking with the uh, Carter. Sure, Carter Jr. No, you're not messing with me. <laughs> just just uh, take offense of that. Well, any <laughs> last cool. fa- any last thoughts on the Bulls? Because I think yeah. we covered everything mostly. Yeah, and for the Celtics, you want to run down the? Oh yeah, they had some the good Gordon Haywards and. They had some good, good shooting performances in that very game. Hayward was good on assists and rebounds. Eight rebounds, six, I mean, no, six rebounds, eight assists, eight points. Just but, eight. Yeah, he was all right. <laughs> but the biggest... He's, he's, he's their Wendell Carter. He's the versatile player. But overall, people had the best games were t- mm-hmm. Jace Tatum, Ennis Cantor, Jalen Brown, and Kevin Walker had the best games. Ennis Cantor. And then off the bench, uh, Marcus Smart had a really good game. 12 points, he got, 8 he assists, 5 rebounds. No pun intended. And that's how they did for that game. Smart. Their bench is okay. Not a bad bench for the um, Celtics. But they need to start Taco Fall. Yes. He can ball out. And we didn't name Irving since he took his talents. Oh, Kyrie Irving? Yeah, yeah he's on Brooklyn Nets now. Yeah, to, he left. Uh, a, a nearby town called Brooklyn. Yeah, he, he went to the... Yeah, Brooklyn. he had to. He had to. With Kevin Durant? That's a little offensive to me. You're angry? Not exactly angry, angry. and just like... Disgusted. Why did he... You know, why, why did he... Why did he well, had to do that? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because he, um, Kyrie Irving, there was a dysfunction, dysfunction in the locker room, so oh, he, had, yeah. he had to go. If it wasn't for that, then yeah. Back to that, the Butler situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's it for our Chicago Bulls talk this episode. We'll have to talk more about them for the next episode. But now we need to get into. A new topic. And DJ Benny the Bull decided he wants to talk about the Chicago Red Stars soccer team. Yeah, so there is not really much in terms of trades, transactions this week or the, from the last two weeks, although there, yeah, right. um, you know, again, Nikki Stanton, uh, defender, midfielder, um, has left the team, as as we said in the last episode, as I touched on, and uh, yeah, that, that was that that's a that's a blow to the team, you know, like someone who's been there for the last couple years, uh, leaving for what's said to be a bigger opportunity. I mean, many times when someone leaves for international, 
reasons like that's you know that that's that's a big deal such as Sam Kerr leaving you know like joining uh Chelsea so I I say that that Stanton will also join Chelsea um or be a part of one of the English teams so yeah I want to dive into more of the entire league so with the NWSL draft coming up, the college draft. There's some uh, some things on that, so we definitely get some some major signings on that. So the draft is gonna happen this Thursday at 10 a.m. And it will be broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube. So just throwing things around. Um, there were rumors uh, a few months ago that, uh, oh, we're going to get new management for the league. And as of eight days ago, news that NWSL president steps down only what? to take a job with the Orlando Pride. Uh, is that a women's team too? Yep, that's the that's one of the nine teams on the in the women's league. league. So, which is also the team that has two big players, such as Alex Morgan. Right, I know her. Yeah, so she's uh, still out. Well, first, Alex was hurt. Uh, with, uh, she was having a neck injury that occurred here in Chicago um, at Toyota Park, uh, which was a total free accident. Um, the game totally stopped, and uh, it was concerning. At first, I didn't even know who it was that was down. I thought it was someone else, and it turns out it was their, uh, their captain, so... That's been uh, that, and yeah, really, really depressing to see that happen. You know, especially live, and that was the very first time I got to see Alex Morgan live, and that had to happen. And uh, not nothing that serious where she had to be taken right away. Although she was able to walk off the field on her own after uh, being evaluated, and also that she's. Um, news from about a month ago that, she, or two months ago, that she is with child, pregnant with uh, an MLS player. Uh, his name is. So yeah, so that's keeping Morgan out for now. And also Marta, legendary player, international player that came to the NWSL, uh, is also part of the team. So that's that's um, with the league president Amanda Duffy stepping down to become executive vice president of the Pride. So D- here in this article by AP says that Duffy will take over front office and technical duties for the Pride and represent the team on the NWSL board. She'll report to Orlando City Chief Executive Officer Alex. Latau. And here's a quote from there. As this position came into the club's plans, 
And I, as I learned more about the broader goals of the collective organization, it was clear to me that the club is, in, is prepared to invest deeply in the women's game. And in the pride specifically, Duffy said in a, in a, in a statement, this investment, combined with the chance to work with Alex's leadership, a world-class roster, and intensely passionate fans, made the decision to come to Orlando one of tremendous excitement and an immense honor. Duffy, 39, has served as the league's president for the past year. She joined the NWSL in 2017 as managing director of operations. NWSL, entering only its eighth season, has already lasted longer than any other women's professional soccer league in the United States. Featuring players from the U.S. and Canadian national teams, the NWSL has seen attendance at games grow by more than 70% since the league was founded in 2013. So that partly has something to do with President Duffy being involved. So I don't see that changing. I see the slowly the the league the all the the game games will continue to grow the attendance will continue to grow as we saw this year um, being another history making significant growth in attendance so the NWSL is currently without a commissioner the position has been vacant since Jeff Flush left in 2017 although Duffy had assumed many of his duties. Duffy will remain in her role with the league through mid-February while the search for a commissioner continues, the league said this Tuesday. And so yeah, back to the NWSL draft. So with the acquisition of Kelia Ohio of the Houston Dash, this like has, this is like part of the whole draft deal like you know when they do trades it doesn't have to be for a player it can be like stakes um or a pick um in the college draft you know i get the eighth eighth pick in in the first round for example um so and with katie nothing that that was a different deal that was actually a trade you know that was that was made for for that so um yeah so big things happening um finding some as i like to say irreplaceable replacements for uh certain teammates leaving like forward sam kerr and and a few others stepping down or retiring so it's it's good to have some fresh fresh blood coming in every year to kind of refresh the team whether you are a playoff, you know, contender or not, it's good to be able to kind of mix it up in that aspect. So, yeah. CJ, what's your what's your opinion on on having of trading and like what you've seen through like Premier League and the international uh, football that you follow? Like any major signings like the last from the last decade that you saw like oh this is so beneficial for this team like uh i mean one you could easily say was cristiano ronaldo Mm -hmm. leaving real madrid oh yeah that's a huge blow juventus sports history big one um some other ones you could look at is how 
the blow, the departure of um, Vincent Company, uh, who's the captain at Manchester City, my favorite mm-hmm. uh, football club. He left them prior to the start of this year, and he's his leadership ability. I feel has hurt the team because the Manchester City is still up there in the Premier League standings, but not as good as winning back-to-back Premier League titles. But, I mean, it's hard to win even one Premier League title. So, so but he was a big role, beloved figure in Manchester. And we still have some good players on our team. We're still doing okay. Just not as good as the past two years. But it doesn't really matter anyway because um, Liverpool, they're number one in the Premier League standings. And interesting fact, they have only drawed one game and not lost a game this season yet. So they're undefeated Ooh. and no losses, but one draw. So overrated. They're not overrated. No, they're, not. no, they're really good. They're not overrated. Yeah, that's 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 the kind of team that you know I'd be a fan of. I've watched a number of them. They're on all the time, and I've watched them. They're not overrated. Not like unlike the in American football the. Patriots. Patriots. Although that's enough. Overrated. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yep, that's no, that's no. enough uh, that's mentions different. for them. No. They don't no. deserve to be. The NFL is different. It's because in, <laughs> the one thing about the Premier League, though, that's annoying is there's only a number, a few teams that are actually really good. And a lot mm-hmm. of the teams are like yeah. bench warmers or they're like easily defeated. Yeah. Like uh, Southampton loses all time. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling just a little bit. It's a little bit better in the NWSL. Oh, um, the, yeah, the women's league. So they do have like teams that like are you know just above yeah. average. Although they won't make the you know, like less likely to make the playoffs, and then like you know they have like th- you know three of really good teams you know with a really good reputation, such as right. Chicago and you know North Carolina Courage, and the Seattle and, team, or... and yep, Rain FC, yep, right on. So. Thanks, CJ, for some of the insight on um, on soccer. drafting and uh, and transactions within soccer worldwide. So back to the draft, a uh, little more details on where it's taking place. So again, it'll be broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube on Thursday, January the sixteenth, which is coming up tomorrow morning from the U.S. Coaches Convention in Baltimore. Will you be there? No, <laughs> I wish. See, I wish that like last draft, they it took place in Chicago, so I would have been there. If it... Where is it, New York? It's in Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Yeah. Well, we'll save the Ravens for another another. No, they they lost. <laughs> they yeah, already yeah. lost. Yeah. So yeah. So it'll begin eleven a.m. Eastern, ten a.m. Central, for us Chicagoans. And. Yeah, we'll get more into the draft, uh, you know, some possible details for, like, who would likely come to Chicago and uh, well, who will be a part of it. We should definitely have a more in-depth look at it next week because the draft would have happened. Mm-hmm. So. And we talked about soccer. And coming up yeah. for the next big topic of the night is going to be the Chicago Blackhawks and their recent play so far. So stay tuned for discussion and debate on the Chicago Blackhawks. Be back with more. Yeah, back with more.
And we're back for the second half of the uh, Bow and Hawk Sports Podcast. And suddenly, CJ. We are now going to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. And the recent play has been more inspiring than it has been in the past. The Blackhawks played the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday night, and they got the W, which was very exciting. They beat the Ducks 4-2 at the United Center, and very interesting. And okay, I can't, I can't talk like that anymore. That's it. But and I beat the Ducks four two. Dominic Kubelik, the rookie for the Chicago Blackhawks, rookie forward. He's been excellent this year. He had two goals. Jonathan Tays put in one goal, and Oli Mata also had a goal too. So the Blackhawks have been playing okay. They now have twenty wins. Yeah. But then they beat the Sanders to um, yesterday, so now they're twenty one. So twenty one, twenty and six. So high they have more, high more score too. Four. A winning record. The yeah. Bulls are jealous of the Blackhawks because the <laughs> Blackhawks sure. have a winning record. Two different sports, and they do. The... But they beat the Ducks four two, and the Ducks are one of the worst teams in all of hockey. So the Bull, um, Blackhawks need to win the game. They can't lose against Bulls, it. They, they can't beat the Anaheim Ducks. They'll be embarrassing, but they did. And the Ducks, it's kind of sad to watch them because in the past, for years, they've been great. A lot of almost making it to the Stanley Cup the past four years. Basically around the time that the Chicago Blackhawks were really successful, the Anaheim Ducks were really successful too. But the past couple of years, the Ducks have not been so good, especially this year. They have one of the worst records in all of the NHL. And Ryan Getzloff was a good player, but he's getting towards the end these days, so not as great. And John Gibson, pretty good goalie, not horrible. But they, they don't have that many bright spots. Not very many. Cam Fowler's pretty good, but they should be a team that's beaten. And the Blackhawks took care of business at home. So now we're going to talk about last night's game. They traveled to Canada to play the Ottawa Senators, who are also very bad too. They're worse than the Ducks, so they need to beat them, and they did. 3-2 in overtime. Jonathan Taze had the game winner. It was a nice shot, and since is the audio program, I can't really explain it so much, but he passed the ice, get into the goal, nice Duke, and got it in, so he got it in. Game winner. Also, Dominic Kubelik, as you know, he had two goals against the Ducks. He also had two goals against the Senders. So he's had four goals in the past two games, which is super impressive. And he's in consideration for winning the Rookie of the Year. The problem is, though, that there are two people sort of ahead of him in the Rookie of the Year. Hughes and then another guy. But... They both made the All-Star game, and Dominic Kubelik did not. He should have, but he didn't make it. So if he would made it, he'd have a better shot of making 
a greater chance for rookie of the year. But even so, he's definitely going to finish in the top two or three in the um, voting for rookie of the year. Mm. And for the Senators, Connor Brown scored a goal and Chris Turney scored a goal. And I don't know much about the Anaheim Ducks, but I know even less about the Ottawa Senators. I don't really know any of the players really on the team, so I can't talk too much about the Ottawa Senators, just besides they're bad. (laughs) And we need to beat them. Now I'm going to talk about the upcoming game tonight. The Blackhawks travel to Montreal to face the Montreal Canadiens. Going on now? Yes, the game started a couple minutes ago. And the Blackhawks need to win this one. This one's going to be harder than the Ducks and the Senators. But there's a chance the Blackhawks could win against the Canadians. And another plus is that Carey Price, their goalie, who's been very good, is not starting tonight. Chari Lindgren is. So there's a chance maybe we get some goals on him. And they are better. But... The um, Blackhawks are similar, so we'll have to see if they can take the W of Corey Crawford and Net. And I've been excited by what I've seen from some of the Blackhawks recently. Patrick Kane's been excellent recently. Dominic Kubelik's been excellent recently. And we've had another Blackhawk. I need to talk about Blackhawks fact of the day. Last night, uh, Duncan Keefe passed Brent Seabrook for the second most games played by Blackhawk of all time Mm -hmm. with over 1,500. He's just behind uh, Stan Makita, who the Blackhawk great and leads Blackhawks in many categories. He is the most played games for the Chicago Blackhawks ever. So... Duncan Keefe second, and Brent Seabrook one game behind Duncan Keefe, and they're both still playing. But Brent Seabrook's out for the year, so most likely it looks like that Duncan Keefe's going to get a number of games past Brent Seabrook, at least until next year. So most likely Brent Seabrook will finish behind Duncan Keefe in games played because Brent Seabrook's getting close to retirement. Duncan Keefe is too, but if he finishes out with the last 40 games of the year, he'll have a decent lead on Brent Seabrook. And a Blackhawk who's not been so great this year is Alex- Alexander Nylander. When he got signed from Buffalo, the Blackhawks fought. Maybe he'd be really good. Maybe he's some sensation, kind of like a fixing project. Like we're bringing him in to fix him. Maybe he'll look better. But he's not been that great this year, really. And... Just hoping the Blackhawks can win because then we face the Maple Leafs who are a better team than the Blackhawks. It'll be harder. But if we win at least two on the road, that'll be pretty good out of the three possible ones we have coming up. And that's mainly the Chicago Blackhawks news for today in this podcast. Now, DJ Benny the Bull wants to talk about 
the NFL. Dun, 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 dun. Because as you know, we did predictions for the NFL divisional round last week. We both did pretty well for our predictions. Um, DJ Benny the Bull said that the Seahawks would win and they did not. But it's the only one that he got wrong. And I said that the Ravens would be the Titans and they lost. So that's the only one I got wrong. So we got, both got three out of four. Yep, correct. percent So now we're going to do predictions for the, the next round. Next round. First, in the AFC, Tennessee Titans versus Kansas City Chiefs. What is your score prediction? All right. So once again, the Chiefs and Titans. Titans. So All right. The team you chose the upset last time. Uh, let's say... I'm going to say Titans. Yeah, by the way, this is for the NFL conference. Yeah, conference championship. What's your score prediction? So, uh, this one's a little bit harder to put our finger on. Yeah. Although, uh, let's just say... I'm going to say... 20... Let's say 24... 20. 24-20? Alright. I think that the Chiefs will win, not the Titans. I think Patrick Mahomes will be too much for the Titans. And I like the Titans, what they're doing. Derek Henry, their defense has been really good. He's been a really good job running the ball. And they've looked good against the Patriots and Ravens. And Ryan Tannehill has been decent. He has not made big mistakes, which is what you want out of your quarterback. But I think that Patrick Mahomes... And the explosive offense of Travis Kelsey, the tight end, Sammy Watkins, the wide receiver. Um, and it was too much for the tight ends. The one thing is that the Chiefs' defense is not that unbelievably good, but they're not their great defense. But I think they're going to hold on. So I say Kansas City Chiefs, 28, and tight ends, 17. That's my prediction. So pretty close. 20? 28 to, se- to 17. Oh, that's an NFL really is that cl- that close. I mean, it's, that's pretty close. That's like oh. not that far. Okay, maybe, yeah, 20, 28. No, I'll change it. 28-20, Chiefs. All right. Then for the NFC, the Green Bay Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. I'll bet. I'll say... You go first. 49ers. What's sore? Let's, let's say uh, this one's going to be even more. Yeah. Uh, let's say this old prediction. Thir- 34. 20. I'll make my prediction. I think it's going to be the San Francisco 49ers. I'll say... I kind of like the number 34 too. So I'll say 49ers 34. But I think that Aaron Rodgers will struggle against the defense of the 49ers. And I'll say them uh, 17. So 17 Packers. Could be zero. I feel like he'll he'll do better than Kirk Cousins. But I don't think he'll do that much better than Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. So I think he'll get 17 points. But the 49ers will score way more than... The Packers, so 34, 17, 49ers. So then our predictions are set. 
It's going to be the 49ers versus Kansas City Chiefs Just those three. in the Super Bowl. And we'll have to talk about that in the next episode when we do it closer to the Super Bowl. Yeah, once the, once the games are played. Yeah, because next week's going to be the Pro Bowl, right? Right. Yeah, so we can talk about that, I guess. And then we'll do our predictions for the Super Bowl, too. Yeah. But we're thinking Chiefs 49ers. Go with that. Mm-hmm. And good, good one. Yeah, we're pretty confident in those picks. And it's when you know, like two really good teams. Not just not just this year, although like they've in the past they've just haven't made the Super Bowl. Although yeah. they've you know two teams that we believed in, and um, also that have the stats this year at the very least to to back that up. So I know a lot of people thought it was gonna be the Ravens and Saints, but nope, they both lost the first yeah, round. I already had a feeling on that. <laughs> look, right. at, look at Lamar Jackson; he was yeah. stunned. Yeah, he was devastated. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, he had the feeling that you know this is not my game. I'm but we're not gonna go. But the criticism the is not warranted though, because yeah. he's like he's zero and two in the playoffs. He's a big choker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only a second year in the league, right? So he's been he got to the playoffs two times. Yeah, not much you can say. And I saw a stat that was interesting. It said that I think it was Drew Brees. He didn't make the playoffs until like his sixth year in the league, and oh. Peyton Manning didn't win a playoff game until like his 60th year in the league. Wow. So, so it was like, they can't say that they were unbelievably great. Yeah. Play the if playoffs only, right away. If only like, you know, give him a, you know, a year or two, he's going to improve. Yeah. Well, I think so. Tenfold. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see if he we'll see. is good again, or we see if this one year was just like a fluke and next year he won't be good. Correct. We're not sure. If it's hard to tell. still be in Baltimore. Who knows? Yeah, he'll be traded for um, Mitch Trubisky. To the Bears? Yeah. Be bold, the Bears trade Trubisky for Jackson. Would you accept it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I probably would do it straight up. Buy Trubisky. We'll take Lamar Jackson. Lamar <laughs> Jackson. Yeah. But obviously... Anyone they're... else, please. No. <laughs> it's not... It's <laughs> Anyone not, else? It's not like on the level of, uh, you know... Um... What's his name again? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Of a uh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler comes back from retirement to lead the Bears. And he's retired too. There you yeah. go. That's saying something. Oh, too. man. I don't know. The Bears is not good. Let's not talk about them because yeah. I'm still disgusted about Jay their... doesn't deserve a mention. I was disgusted about the, the Bears' <laughs> baseball yeah, play. That year. They're bad. Okay. We're getting close to the end of the episode. What do you want to talk about for the final one or two topics? Yeah, um, you you're gonna dive into the Australian Open in tennis uh, a little bit later on. Um, right. So we have, let's do one more before we get to the tennis. Yeah. Other than that, you know, we don't have much baseball. No, not not really. Cubs or White Sox this week. Um, although you know, with the NWSL draft, uh, which again is gonna be live this Thursday, um, I wanted to get into the 2020 She Believes Cup. And also that uh, there's going to be an event that's going to happen on the side taking place in Chicago. So that's interesting. And uh, signups start today for that. And so what is the She Believes Cup? Well, is it for charity? Um, Yeah, that's what it sounds like it is. Um, Really, it's supposed to benefit, you know, like 
you know, it's for like empowerment and uh, okay. and things like that. Otherwise, it's really um, an invitational for association football, which is soccer tournament that's held in the U.S. in late February or early March. So in its first three years, 2016, 17, and 18, it was contested by the same four teams, the U.S., England, France, and Germany, in 2019. That changed with the lineup uh, featuring, for the first time, Brazil, England, Japan, and the United States. Now, the 2020 tournament is going to feature England, Japan, Spain, and the United States. So currently, the champions are England with their very first title. And most successful team has been the United States with two titles. So coming up, yeah, so the U.S. were second place last year. And this features um, many of the U.S. Soccer Federation of Players and uh, U.S. Women's National Team members. So... England will be the defending champions coming up, and dates for the tournament are March 5th through the 11th, as four teams compete from three confederations and with three host cities. So it's going to be hosted in Orlando at Exploria Stadium, with all capacity, this being the same with 25,000 seats, Harrison, Harrison, New Jersey at Red Bull Arena, and Frisco, Texas, at Toyota Stadium. With the FIFA rankings as of December 2019, U.S. are number one. That's without question, since their women's team, of course, being the most successful, um, the recent World Cup win in the summer. England, number six. Japan, number 10. And Spain, number 13. Um, the positioning is with England being the first seed, position one, Japan being second, Spain third, and U.S. fourth. So first match will be played on March 5th. It will be Spain versus Japan in Orlando, U.S. versus England, which is going to be a huge matchup for us going against the champs, and on the 8th, Japan versus England at Red Bull Arena in Harrison. And also there, U.S. versus Spain. And then third will be on the 11th of March, England versus Spain at Toyota Stadium in Frisco. And in that same menu, the U.S. versus Japan, a rematch of the previous previous um world cup from back 2015 so so technically we're, we're supposed to get a world cup going down this year all the um or rather uh in 2018 uh 20 it's just this whole debate on like you know when to have it and they decide to push it you know back and forth for different reasons and um, some interesting stats on the She Believes Cup uh, that as of March 2019, the fifth of that month, top goal scorers for that has been England, Ellen White, 
And number two, all three players tied. Eugenie Le Summer. Sorry if I butchered the name from of France. And US Team USA, Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino. And fifth rank, they jumped to from England, Tony Duggan and Beth Mead, Camille Abelie of France, Anya Matag of Spain, Yuka Momiki of Japan, and Team USA's Tobin Heath, who is arguably the most skilled player in the world. So she can dribble really well. She can do many, many tricks that, that no one else can, can really do in games or outside of games, rather. Um, yeah, and I've seen her play before uh, multiple times uh, whenever the uh, her team comes to Chicago to play at Toyota Park. Uh, really amazing to see. She's, she's really quick, and whenever she is not being quick she takes her time and is so good at pulling those tricks against players defending the ball you know um and also being able to keep it um on on her side so um yeah with the she believes cup there's gonna be an event that's gonna be coming to chicago um i was about to pull up the story right now so, yeah, so we're less than 24 hours away from the draft that's coming up. Um, other than that, yeah. Uh, if you're a Visa card holder, you can get a free sell for, th- for these games um, as we check out that. I was going to look for that Chicago event. Yeah. So yeah, real quick, what are your thoughts on um, this cup going on? Sounds CJ? very intriguing. Intriguing. There's possibility of some star-studded matchup. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and there, there's gonna be more games, you know, for uh, Olympic qualifying happening right. uh, later in January. As well, this is uh, part of it. Something that's that's being done in addition. So, yeah. So on March fourteenth, uh, presented by Deloitte, a what they call the She Believes Cup Summit will take place in Chicago, and details were announced today on that. So. Here, here it is. So the third annual She Believes Summit presented by Deloitte takes place on March 14th in Chicago. The She Believes Hero, a contest to honor an individual who embodies the She Believes spirit, the She Believes internship program, and this spring U.S. Soccer will launch a new initiative called the She Believes Academy, a digital toolkit that will help empower communities of women across the U.S. through a series of workshops. So from what I know from this summit, um, I'm glad that it's going to be taking place here. And it's really for, it's open to college students 
who want to take part um, in this and, you know, soccer fans all around. Um, it's for, uh, you know, to get into workshops, to learn and to get into panels, um, possibly, you know, some really uh, superstar players to ask them questions and things like that uh, within the spirit of She Believes. And yeah, it's really like a whole day uh, type of deal, you know. Lunch is also being served, you know, for everyone who attends. And registration open today, so you can put your name in the hat for any college students uh, who are interested. So uh, more details on that in the next episode. And um, if I happen to attend, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, that'd be nice to let us know. So. Really, the focus is on for, you know, girls, women to uh, take part of it. And so um, to our listeners, if any of you guys are interested, um, go to ussoccer.com and look out for links for the She Believes Cup and the She Believes Summit in particular. Very interesting. You'll definitely have to maybe take some audio of yourself at the event (laughs) yeah if i could get you know definitely you know during the panels being if you know for example if i get chance to ask carly lloyd a question that would be definitely yeah maybe try to ask her a question and enter it into this podcast such as such as do you see yourself in the nfl oh anytime soon and she'll say yes yeah she'll say yes because she's admitted that she's been she was offered uh not non-disclosed uh sure deal for uh for a job in the nfl let's say a position she'll take in nfl she'll take it only when she's not playing soccer so like with her whole schedule like she definitely cannot do it so uh that's the only reason why she didn't take the job so the bears could need her yeah oh definitely that you know seeing her uh a couple of times play so far in in the league uh whenever she comes to chicago to play you know the red stars uh it's a sight to see and um she's not getting any younger although she is still olympic worthy yeah uh very worthy still one of the best players one of the captains of the U.S. Women's National Team, along with Rapino, Morgan, and Sauerbrunn. So she can she can do it all. I believe you know if you're really good, you know your best in the world. You definitely have a shot. Not only a shot with her, a really good chance at becoming a real good player in the NFL if she wanted to. Well, we have about a couple of minutes left, so we're going to talk about the Australian Open, which is upcoming. Right now, it's the Australian Open. It's the qualifying rounds. So the qualifying rounds is where players who have not yet entered into the draw in men and women's, they are in the qualifying. So people who do the best in the qualifying, they go to the big main draw of the men and women's. So people trying to make that in, Mm-hmm. And you may think that someone in a qualifying round has a little shot to win even a match, but there are definitely times when somebody who qualified managed to win at least one or two matches, which that's all I can ask for. 
And for example, in the men's singles, in the qualifying round, the main person who is ranked the highest, the number one seed in the men's qualifying, he is in real player rankings, ranked number 99. So it gives you a hint of where they are in regards to rankings. And he, the main guy from... He's the top opportunity. But it's only the second round of the qualifying, so still to play some more qualifying. Mm -hmm. But then tomorrow, they're going to announce the main, the draws for the men's and women's once the qualifying's over. So then, once we see the main draw, men's and women's, we'll have a bigger picture of so what are some of the good matchups early, what are some of the potential final semi-quarter matchups we could see. And I think that for sure, next episode we're going to do maybe spend maybe half an hour to 45 minutes just talking about the Australian Open because there's a lot yeah, with 30 minutes. There's a lot of opportunity to get into it, especially once we know the main draws. But right now it's too early to talk really anything besides that it's coming up starting on the 20th. Hello, Wembley. That's not... Hello. Sam Kerr. That's You'll possibly see her at the game. That's London, not <laughs> not Australia. I know it's two different things. So. Yeah, I mean with right. the word "hello." Oh, okay. Famous thing, and then uh, Kerr being well, uh, not only on the national team uh, from Australia. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode three of the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. Thanks, DJ Benny the Bull, for making this episode amazing. Yeah, also thanks to CJ for giving some some facts about his <laughs> gymnastics background. Right. And also to your sister for uh, introducing the grip. <laughs> to background and your sister Erin for giving insight again. Right, for... she, she was a great guest on this week's episode. Hope to have her back on more to discuss gymnastics. Um, You're right. We also... As that's her forte. And also... We hope to have... Future guests as yeah. well. And have our friend Julia back on to cover the White Sox. Right, she was unbelievable. Yep, and uh, blown away. <laughs> and also to, uh, you know, we also talked about the Bulls, slightly about, you know, the Red Stars going into the their uh, time for the NWSL college draft. And also a little bit about U.S. soccer in the She Believes Cup which will feature the U.S. women's national team and about the Blackhawks and, as you just heard, the Australian Open. Peace out. Peace out. See you next time.